the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in this series called The Exodus as the end of this series will end with Easter. It's the children of Israel, delivered from the Egyptians, on their way to the promised land, delivered from slavery, but they're complaining and even suggesting, let's go back. They were not walking in freedom. And maybe you aren't either. Pastor Sean has some ideas on how to change your mind and renew your mind. Reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do so today. There's a place to give at reachingforreallife.org. The message today is called The Problem of Egypt. Sean starts off in Exodus chapter 13 and 14. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. Well, we've been in this series called The Exodus. And what we're doing is preparing for the Passover. Because you, you can't separate Easter from the Passover. In fact, we talk about Holy Week. That was the week when Jesus went in and they were there celebrating Passover. It's all connected. And we've been walking through just some lessons from the book of Exodus. Remember, week one, we learned that we saw through the people of Israel that there is this idea of being slaves, being captives, and that God didn't create us for that. We saw that God created us to be free, but freedom can only be found in service of the king. There's an irony there. There's an irony in that we are going to give ourselves in service to something. And if we give ourselves in service to the one who created us, the one who loves us, and in turn what he does is he makes us sons and daughters. If we give ourselves in service to him, that's where we're truly set free. So we're created to be free, but freedom can really only be found in service of the king. Last week we saw you'll never reach the world until you've truly been set free from the world. We saw that there's a lot of ways that this world doesn't just let go easily. And as we've looked at, we looked at the children of Israel being set free from bondage in Egypt. And we saw the world doesn't want to let go. Pharaoh didn't want to let go. And it's really no different for us. But we also discovered we'll never be able to reach the world that God's called us to reach until we've truly been set free from the world. The title of this morning's message is The Problem of Egypt. Problem of Egypt. Now, remember, we talked about the, the, all the plagues. And, of course, the 10th plague came. It was the death of the firstborn. It was the ultimate. And we're going to look at that more next week. We're actually going to rewind a little bit next, next week and focus on that and zoom in on that, on the actual Passover. But, we're, but the fact is, through those plagues, through that final 10th plague, Pharaoh's will was broken. The people's will was broken. They were actually set free from Egypt, not only just free, but with plunder. They left heavy laden. It was anything the Egyptians would do to get rid of them after God broke their will at that point. Now we're going to take a look at some passages from Exodus 13 and 14. We're going to look at the actual, what is the actual Exodus. And so I've asked some folks to help us by telling the story as shared in the scriptures. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. 
The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people, and they said, What is this that we've done? We've let the Israel go from serving us. So he made ready his chariots and took his army with him, and he took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them and camped at the sea by Pi-Hiroth in front of Baal-Zephon. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they, were, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians— So the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. Thank you, readers. Mm. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you 
this unbelievable display of your power, your faithfulness, your promises fulfilled. Jesus, I pray that you'll speak to us through your word. I pray that we'll be people who no matter what we face, we'll remember you are with us and you are good and you are powerful. Help us to hear your word and then give us the courage to walk in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, what's interesting in this passage to me, the thing that I wanted us to focus in on a little bit, is these are the people, they had been through all ten plagues, and none of them had affected them. They literally had watched God break the will of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. They had watched each of the ten plagues, ultimately ending with that final plague, the Passover, the loss of the eldest child in each home. They saw the power of God firsthand. These are also people who are now being led by God with, by a visible manifestation of his presence. It wasn't just the voice of, of what God would say to Moses, and he's telling them there was a massive pillar, a cloud by day, and then a pillar of fire at night. So they always had this visual sign that the Lord is leading, and he would lead them through the wilderness. And in fact, when the, when the Egyptians came and they got to the Red Sea and the Egyptians were coming closer, the cloud moved to the back and stood between them and the Egyptians. So they'd seen all these incredible works. They now are literally being led by this cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, and yet the minute they hit an obstacle, they wanted to return to Egypt. Remember what they said? What, there were no graves in Egypt to bury us? We told you, Moses, why didn't you just leave us alone? It would have been better if we would have just been left to be slaves to serve the Egyptians. They're angry with Moses. Verse 10 tells us why. It's because they feared greatly. They feared greatly. In fact, remember, the first words of Moses were, don't be afraid. How many times does fear cause us to violate our convictions or to do something that we wish we wouldn't do? Something to think about that. How many times do we know what God says, we know what his word says, but fear comes in, and all of a sudden, everything's out the window, all bets are off, every man for himself. That's exactly what happened here. It's like it was all great. Man, we saw these 10... Ten plagues. We see the pillar of fire in the cloud, and we are following. And but we also now see an army of Egyptians. Moses, you should have just left us alone. What's fascinating is we're told after the Red Sea, the last few verses that were read, they saw the power of God and they believed Him and they worshipped Him. And yet. If you know the story, we know that as they move on into the wilderness, multiple times when they hit obstacles, they would complain to Moses and wanted to go back and return. We know that an entire generation got this entire generation. Other than Joshua and Caleb, none of these people actually went to the promised land. Because they got to the promised land, people were too big, obstacles were too great, cities were too big, it was too hard. And that whole generation died in the wilderness. In fact, you remember, they didn't get very far at all. They got, to the, they got to Mount Sinai. Moses goes up meeting with God, and they're like, well, Moses has been gone a long time, Aaron, Moses' brother. Why don't you make us an idol? And he did. These are the gods who delivered you from Egypt. Because Moses was gone a little longer than they expected. Like, Holy cow, what is going on with these people? Here's the problem. I want to suggest to you the problem with Egypt is it wasn't simply around them as it turns. It was in them. 
And here's where we take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called The Problem of Egypt. It's in this series called The Exodus, which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azar. 302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer. But I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now back to the message, The Problem of Egypt. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. It wasn't just around them. Egypt had gotten into them. To where even though they were free, the, the Egyptian army was buried in the Red Sea. There was nothing else they could do to them. They are on the other side of the Red Sea. They are free. And yet they weren't because Egypt wasn't just around them. Now it turns out Egypt was kind of still with them because Egypt was in them. And here's the problem. I wish I could say that that was unique to them. I wish I could say that that idea was completely unique to them. Because listen to what Paul writes in Galatians 5.1. He says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. We were slaves. We've learned that. We've walked through this. We were in bondage. And Jesus Christ, by his cross, paid the penalty for our sins and set us free. Paul says, for freedom, we were set free. That's God's design. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, why would we do that? That's ridiculous, isn't it? Why would we submit again to a yoke of slavery after we've been set free? See, because there's something in us. There's something in us. See, what Egypt, this world isn't just around us. This world gets in us. And I don't like it like that. I See, once I receive Jesus, I want all this inner struggle to go away. I don't want to wrestle with anger to where when something happens, this anger rises up in me and I want to react in the flesh and I want to get mouthy and I want to get violent and I just want to put somebody in their place. I don't want that to be, I don't want that to be part of my life. I want it to be done once I'm a follower of Jesus. And yet I still wrestle. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to wrestle with fear. I don't want fear to threaten to pull me off of my convictions or push me to that point of compromise. I don't want to wrestle with lust. I don't want to have to fight to keep my mind and my heart and my life pure. Once I'm a follower of Jesus, I don't want to still have to wrestle with this stuff, and yet I do. How about jealousy? I don't want to struggle with jealousy. I don't want to have those moments when somebody around me gets a promotion, the good things happen for them, and this little thing inside of me that goes, oh, yeah, outside I'm like, oh, good for you, and inside it's like, well, what about me? I don't want that. 
How about greed? That in spite of the fact that I know I have plenty, I don't need another thing, I want more. I don't want to wrestle with that. What about the other things that are just part of, of our Egypt, where we grew up? How about consumerism? I don't want to be constantly fighting with consumers where every time an advertiser, advertiser comes on, I, I go, oh, i got to have that. I must have that. How about entitlement? As Americans, we wrestle with entitlement. We have rights. There are certain things we're entitled to. How about competition? Some of you right now, oh, preacher, you're stepping on some toes. Now, you're not saying competition is bad. I'm not saying all competition is bad, but competitiveness in everything where I want to win and I want to push other people down. I don't want all those things to constantly have to wrestle with. And yet, what I find is I get caught up in self. And all those things come from how myself carries the world that I was raised in. In fact, if you're taking notes, here's the main point. Write this down. See, God took you out of Egypt, but now you have to let him take Egypt out of you. God took you out of Egypt, but now you have to let him take Egypt out of you. You know, in salvation, in theology, we talk about justification. Justification is this idea that, that the wages of sin is what? Death. The wages of sin is death. My sin has incurred a just and right death penalty. Because God is holy, my sin has created separation, and the Scripture tells me that because of my sin, I deserve a death penalty. Well, the Gospel also tells me that Jesus Christ, because God loved me and loved you, Jesus Christ came and gave his life on the cross to pay the penalty, to pay that debt for my sin and for your sin. So what's beautiful about the cross is God can look at the cross and he can satisfy justice, justice for my sin, justice in my life. Justice can be satisfied in Jesus Christ, but mercy and grace can be extended to all who receive him, to every one of us who receive Jesus Christ as Savior. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus gets to satisfy justice, and we get the benefit to stand righteous before God. Not in my righteousness, in his righteousness. Isn't that amazing? God, in his love and grace, is giving me credit for Jesus' righteousness. Doesn't sound fair when I think about it. I hope Jesus isn't getting credit for my righteousness. That's not, that would really be unfair. But that's the gospel. And, and here's the thing. That's justification, and it is instant. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you surrender your life to him. His spirit comes into your life. You now are justified. It is done. It is legally completed. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees Jesus Christ's sacrifice. And that's the gift, right? That's the gift of the gospel. That's justification. But the Bible has another term that we talk about. It's called sanctification. And it's this idea of becoming more like Jesus, becoming the person God originally created us to be, the person who has been marred by sin and by brokenness. See, it's not just that he saves us and now we kind of hang on till heaven. It's his spirit fills us and his spirit now begins to create the image of Jesus Christ in us. It's sanctification. You know, I've talked to you before about the little crossroads we, we come to, right? And we, 10, 20, 
hundred times a day where we got a decision to make and there's two voices speaking to us. One is the voice of my flesh and it's loud, it's abrasive, and it wants what it wants and it wants it now. The other is the voice of God's spirit. It is persistent. It is loving. It is strong. And see, I have a choice of which path I'm going to take. Am I going to listen to the voice of the Spirit and receive the fruit of the Spirit, receive the fruit of righteousness, or am I going to follow the flesh, the world, my selfish nature, and listen and and receive the fruit and the product of that? Sanctification is that process whereby the Spirit Justification, Jesus has taken us out of Egypt. Sanctification is when the Spirit takes the Egypt out of us and helps us become the people God created us to be. And I want to suggest to you the way he does that is the gift of his Holy Spirit. If you have your Bibles, flip over to Romans chapter 8 real quickly. Romans 8, I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. This is such a powerful passage, but Paul lays this out for us. Starts out, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. We are not condemned. We don't have to walk around with guilt and shame. We are set free in him. Why? For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from what? The law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. The law says here's righteousness. Just do it and you'll be fine. Problem is it's weakened by the flesh because my flesh isn't strong enough. I can't be good enough. I can't live up to his standard of holiness. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. Verse 4, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things, on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For the mind on the flesh is death. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind, notice how he keeps talking about mind, spirit, flesh. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Listen, this is such a powerful promise. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That's powerful. See, the spirit is how God removes Egypt from me. God took you out of Egypt, but now you have to let him take Egypt out of you and his vehicle, his vessel is his own presence in us, his Holy Spirit doing this work in us. Now, Paul just told us a few ways that happens. First, number one, his spirit gives life to my spirit. His spirit gives life to my spirit. Um, We were told in verse 2, he set us free from the law of sin and death. Law of the spirit set us free from the law of sin and death. We were dead. See, if if you got to understand this. We, We know we were created in the image of God, but sin has marred that image, and it killed our spirits. We are born into sin. And if we don't understand this, we are dead, we are separated, and we are lost apart from Jesus Christ. And when God's Spirit 
comes to dwell in us, what he actually does is bring our spirit back to life. We were separated, we were lost, we were slaves to sin, but because of Jesus, he has made us alive through his cross. And what I want to say to you this morning, there is the legal aspect whereby on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins and we are justified. But something else happens. When we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, when we receive him as Lord and Savior, we surrender our lives to him. Not only does he forgive the sins of our past, but he comes into our life. He comes into our life by his Holy Spirit in us. Paul just said, if you don't have the Spirit, you don't, you're not in Christ. His Spirit comes and brings our spirit to life. So what I want to suggest is there's a different kind of power in us. And I love verse 11 where he says, the very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead gives life to your mortal bodies. That means that it's not up to my willpower. It's not up to, well, I'm going to try again. I'll do better this time. No, when I surrender to his spirit, there is a supernatural power that becomes activated in my life, in your life, that allows us to become more like Jesus, that allows us to respond in those moments more like him. His spirit bringing my spirit to life. And that is available for everyone who has confessed their sin and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We are different. That is Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called The Exodus, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.